This is the All Revved Up Podcast, and this is Season 5, Number 2, Episode Number 2. I'm Reverend Emmett Price. And I'm Reverend Irene Monroe. Irene, before we talk about the retirement of Queen Serena Williams, let us thank each of our listeners and viewers. Thank you all for listening to us on the various podcast apps and for watching the actual live recording of the podcast on our YouTube channel. We are grateful for your support your encouragement, your feedback, your reviews, your comments. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing the podcast with others. And a tsunami of thanks I will always send your way. And we are so grateful for our two phenomenal producers. Irene, what are their names? All right, Kyla Wright and Cavante Smalls. Yeah, this one goes out to the queen of queens. In an article published in Vogue magazine, the greatest tennis player of all time, male or female, non-binary human being, greatest tennis player of all time, Queen Serena Williams, leaked that she would be evolving away from tennis after the U.S. Open. In essence, the queen announced her retirement. At age 40, the Queen retires with numerous Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, U.S. Open, Olympic. I mean, if there is any title that you can win in tennis, she has multiples of them. Irene, will tennis ever be the same? Oh, no. And, 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 will Queen Serena get her shine longer than the few weeks past her final match? Oh, listen, first of all, Greatness is something that she knows well and she wears it well. But listen, as we know, she is the GOAT. She has dominated the sport. She has been unapologetic in doing so. She has survived in these white spaces where she wasn't welcome. She stood in them, which is uh, which I just love about the queen, unabashedly black and unapologetically Compton, which I know you can speak to <laughs> very well here. And, and, and what I like about this, what I like about this, because as we know, even today, tennis is still considered a country club sport. And she represented Compton with an Afrocentric way of, of, uh, of dressing and being. The white beads are classic. She and, and Venus wore these beads in their early years here. And one of the things that I love during the tribute that Oprah gave Uh, the first night of the U.S. Open is that she had her daughter Alexis attired and, you know, donning those wonderful beads that they used to wear. And listen, and listen, that a whole lot of folks, black as well as white, said it was too ethnic, too black, Mm -hmm. come on now, and too ghetto. Mm -hmm. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that she has done, uh, and, and, and she stayed consistent, she has inspired black women to pick up the racket and her success, successors, like Naomi uh, Osaka, Coco mm-hmm. Golf, what, mm-hmm. Sloane Stevens or Stephens, how do you pronounce it, mm-hmm. Emmett? Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevens. Mad- mm-hmm. Stevens, okay. I mean, we can go, she's changed again, but I need to say this, because I'd be remiss. Both of them, her sister, Venus, and they changed the game. They they won regularly. They were defiant in their in their winning. Listen, they changed the game of tennis. They changed how people played it. And competitors have never had to play so hard. Come on now, to beat two black girls from Compton. Come on. I mean, check this out. You, not only did they win, 
they <laughs> whipped up on people. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. and and yeah. and both of them, the the this, you know, older sister Venus and younger sister Serena. Um, but but Serena, I mean, is a phenomenal athlete. I mean, she would whip up on people, have them in the back of the tennis court, like on the ground, rolling around, trying to figure out where their racket is. I mean, just <laughs> beast mode if there ever was. And so, and, and I love the fact that you mentioned Compton because they were actually born in Michigan, I think around the age of nine or eight or nine for, for Serena, the younger one. Um, you know, uh, their father, Richard Williams, moved them to California to uh, work with a specific coach. Uh, for those folks who have seen the documentary, that didn't quite work out, you know, over time. But, um, you know, they were immersed in the black community of Compton and they continue to be all about that, you know, which right. I love about them. They're authentic right. if there Unab ever was that's unabashedly. Unabashed yeah. about that. But what it says a couple of things to me here, you know, greatness is not just folks who have access to the country mm -hmm. club. Greatness mm -hmm. is in those places like uh, Compton, and I got to call out my place here, Bed-Stuy, Brownsville, Come all on. of those places. <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 and what it says here, again, I mean, she's also changed behavioral expectation of women athletes. And by extension, really, women in the workplace, because she says it's okay to be powerful. It's yes. okay to flex your muscles, yeah. okay, yeah. and use your, your brain here. I think what has bothered me so much, but she endures, she reminds me of Maya Angelou's poem, And Still I Rise, because of mm -hmm. the various forms of body shaming. I remember, I will never forget this one. This particular tweet really bothered me tremendously. One fool wrote about uh, Serena Williams, <laughs> said that she looked like a gorilla, she sounded like a gorilla, and she grunts like a gorilla, therefore she is. She was considered too manly. And she's even got jeered for wearing this Wakanda-inspired katsu. Do you remember that? When she was wearing that. And the reason why she was wearing it really had to do with health issues. She, had, um, she was suffering from blood clots. So, I, I mean, it really bothers me in so many ways that, um, again, when it comes to black bodies, unfortunately, she didn't escape it either. It was the whole idea, again, you know, her butt was too big. But I like her retort because she says that Kim Kardashian is trying to buy that butt. You know, <laughs> yeah, we begin to see the fear and fascination of the size and shape of black bodies here and also the sexualization of it. But, you know, I just admire her because of the whole idea that, you know, black bodies, if they're strong, if they're powerful, that, you know, they're dangerous. And she was and when she got annoyed and frustrated with the umpire and a lot of them, I mean, you would have to agree they haven't been fair, um, been fair. They, she was considered sort of the angry black woman. It has really troubled me how she's been depicted, but again, like Maya Angelou's home, and still I rise. You know, Queen Serena is just absolutely amazing. Not only has she battled health challenges, not only she has she had her daughter, like, you know, in the middle of a season one year, um, but she's also a fashion designer. She's yeah. also, you know, uh, an entrepreneur. She's also right. one who is not a, you know, one lane person that she has um, elevated the game in terms of entrepreneurialism, in terms of just being a brilliant 
mind, mm-hmm, you know, beyond mm-hmm. the t- tennis uh, court, um, and and also a family person. I mean, yeah. you know, people don't think about that either. I mean, she, you know, when you see her and her husband and her daughter, when you see her and her sisters, when you see her and her nieces and nephews, I mean, it's just like all family love. And to yeah. be at that caliber, to be at that exceptional level as an athlete, and then to be down to earth. That's right. To be and able to hang out with just about anybody. Yeah. That's right. Keep I mean, she's, yeah, And one of the things they don't also recognize about both of the girls that they speak multiple languages uh yes. and, yeah and you know what because of her yeah. business because like you said she she has sort of dabbled in finances and fashion acting and film production that her her business is called serena ventures and and mm-hmm. it is on the track she's on the track to be the first female athlete to be a billionaire you know so people really don't understand what a phenomenal woman this woman is and 80% of the companies in her firm, this is what I like. So she keeps it real, are founded by women of color. I, I just love that about her. Understanding well, we gonna come back. lifting and, and climbing. We're going to come back and talk about this on the other side of the break. And we're going to also talk about, Irene, why in the world do you always bring up Kim Kardashian? You always bring up Kim Kardashian <laughs> on this podcast. And I need to understand why. And we're going to do that on the other side of this break. This is the All Revved Up Podcast. We'll be right back. This is the All Revved Up Podcast. We are back. The opening sound came from Entertainment Tonight, a tribute from Oprah Winfrey, Gail King, Queen Latifah uh, that was played during the opening of the U.S. Open. I mean, Irene, who gets to have a celebrity video produced and played on the scene while you were competing at the highest level. That is just cool. Oh, I, I, just, I just, listen, we cannot regale and laud her enough. She will go down in history as one of the best athletes. I think she's going to be there with Ali that we have seen. And certainly one of the best female athletes we have ever seen and has not only changed the sport, honey, changed what it means to be a tennis player and a mom, which unfortunately is one of the reasons why she is, is leaving. You know, mm-hmm. she, one of the things she says, and she and I love it, she says that choosing a path sort of requires a calculus that super fathers just don't have to make. She made a statement that like Tom Brady has three children, he can retire and unretire, and, LeBron, and I think he's 44 or something like that. And LeBron, also a father of three, you know, can can make choices in the way that again she is certainly shaped by the role of, of of gender in terms of a daughter who says to her I'm glad you know who who is really happy that she is retiring because the daughter she says in the Vogue magazine piece which I really invite listeners to please go see because she is a knockout in this sort of baby blue yes, gown and has a daughter mm-hmm. at the end of this long trail here but but says here it hurts her heart, you know, to leave the house. Anybody that's been a mother, I mean, even a father, when the kids give you that, that look, it's like it's, it's, it pulls at your heartstring. And she also mm-hmm. said, I had a sister, so I can't imagine, you know, she says this is her, her daughter um, not having a sibling. 
Well, you know, I mean, you know, her ability to lift this conversation, I think is absolutely huge. You know, there have been other mothers who have, you know, talked about the challenges of professional life and excelling at the highest level um, and, and those nuances that come with that. But to have Serena, Queen Serena Williams, to lay this thing out there like that, I mean, I think that that's a movement in itself because most people just see her right. as an athlete. They just see her as a tennis player. They don't see her as a brilliant activist, entrepreneur who is absolutely, you know, um, futuristic in what she's doing and how she does it. Um, people just don't see that. So I think it's actually phenomenal for her to be courageous enough to be transparent about and it. honest mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I, I just, I loved it. I, I love the fact that she said, I'm leaving because my daughter has asked for a sister. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're right. I don't know any male athlete said, listen, I'm leaving because my wife and I, you know, we want to expand on our family. But it does talk about a ceiling. It really does talk about a ceiling Mm -hmm. that comes with age for women Mm -hmm. if they want to be great on the field in the in the field that they're you know they're that they're known for as well as mm-hmm. trying to to raise a child here one of the things i'm hoping that this will when you say raise the conversation here it will also begin to help other athletes you know follow in her footsteps how do we sort of negotiate this you know trying to build a family because you know it's the whole thing that women can't have both because it's you know biology you know sort of you know dictate our destiny but how do you do this and this this is real there's no answer to it and i think what we 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 get with um with serena is something very real as black women in maternity issues here as as well known as she is she Mm -hmm. talks about you know how she was treated during her pregnancy, being ignored by, and this is someone who is internationally known here. So the thing is, is that even though she's a a legacy and a legend, she will go down in history. She didn't escape the vagaries of racism and sexism, you know, and body shaming. Given I mean, this is... This is an important point that you are making right here, Irene. And we, we kind of made a similar point last episode when we talked about another great black athlete, Brittany Griner. But but your point um, is about the fact that a lot of people think that by being in proximity with black folks, that racism will be eradicated, that by any proximity that people will, because they love Serena, that Serena will be treated well and then other people around her. And the fact is, Uh -uh. regardless of who it is, you know, whether it's Serena, whether it's whomever, racism exists, gender discrimination exists, you know, anti, whatever you want to put behind that exists. And for her, the greatest athlete of all time i'm just gonna say that right here queen serena the greatest athlete of all time for her to be discriminated against shows you how vicious racism is the systemic part of it i think that really gets me you know because we remember this incident with susan moore this was a doctor who had Mm -hmm. covid if you remember and thank god that she had it she was you know she was videoing the kind of you know treatment she was receiving and unfortunately as we speak today she has gone on you know, but the yeah. point about it is, is that it doesn't mean it doesn't matter what your stature, 
our station in life is. It is so systemic as to as as to as to almost be normalized a normalized kind of behavior that doctors and lawyers and anybody else. I mean, everybody knows. Everybody knows Serena. It reminds me yeah. of Oprah when she went into this boutique, you know, store in New York City, or maybe it might have been California, and she was carded. You know, that kind of yeah. stuff. We, it is inescapable. And you're right, proximity to people of color does not eradicate it. But then again, they will say, well, a good example of that is gay marriage. Well, that's, that's a bogus argument. You know why gay marriage is so accepted? Because gay people are white. But anything that is, but th- but that's true, and that's how it is. Per- but that's how it's portrayed. When you think of gay people, and you think of the, you know, the the advertisement. What is it? These shows, Ellen and others. You see upfront gay people. But if something that is totally dealing with people of color, a black issue. I mean, we still have not, you know, reached that level of acceptance. Well, here, real quick, Irene, because I want to. What else is systemic? Is your fascination with Kim Kardashian? Mm-hmm. Why are you so fascinated okay. with Kim Kardashian that you, you got to bring her okay. up every time we talk about black women? Because she's my go-to white girl who has profit on pimping, pimping black culture, pimping black bodies, pimping black men, pimping black language. But the point is, is that when it comes authentically out of a black person, okay, like myself or 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 Serena, who got booty. Okay. Okay. Who got, you know, who is part of it's part of who we are. It doesn't have the kind of cash value. I mean, this is, you know, Kim Kardashian could wear uh, cornrows. Come on now. Something that every black child has worn, but yet give credit, you know, to not only Bo Derek, a white model, but then saying, look, I'm wearing it. So now it's in vogue. I was just asking. Okay, but I just feel pimp. Let, 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 okay, that's all I let, got to say. I, <laughs> you should be paying me, me some reparations. Oh, Lord. Let, 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 let me say our final words so we can get up out of here. Irene, a goat, spelled G-O-A-T, is amongst the earliest animals domesticated by humans. With over 300 distinct breeds, there are over 924 million goats on the planet. Now, in sports... And in popular culture, we use the acronym GOAT, spelled G-O-A-T, to acknowledge superior talent with maximum reach with exemplary distinction. In this connotation, there are not 300 plus distinct breeds or 924 million greatest of all times. On this day, as a closing blessing, as a cishet black man, I want to give thanks to the amazing women whose names are often lesser known and their impacts are often overshadowed. Goats such as Wilma Rudolph, Florence Griffith Joyner and her Uh sister-in-law, Jackie Joyner Kirsten, who challenged the gender norms of track and field while breaking all the records. Goats such as Lynette Woodard, Cheryl Swoops, Cheryl Miller and Lisa Leslie, who will forever be some of the greatest hoopers to ever put on high tops. Goats such as Dominique Dawes, <laughs> Gabby Douglas, and Simone Biles, Woo. who opened up new avenues on gymnastics floors. Goats such as Althea Gibson, Say it now. Venus Williams, oh and the greatest goat <laughs> of all times, Queen Serena Williams. 
black girls not only rock, but black girls excel in all things at the highest level. And we should never cast shadows where royalty lives. Mm. Amen. Amen to black girl magic. Come on now. And I say. <laughs> all Revved Up is brought to you by us, the Revs. Our amazing producers are Kyla Wright and Cavante Smalls. Music for this episode is from Reverend Price's son, musical prodigy, Emmett G. Price IV. All Revved Up is distributed by GBH. Additional thanks to Bob Kempf, Elizabeth O'Brien, May He, Devin Robbins, Meredith Neerman, and Zach Waldman. If you like what you hear, let us know. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us at All Revved Up Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Feel free to send us a note, a question, or a comment to All Revved Up Pod at gmail.com. We'll be back in two weeks for another episode of All Revved Up. GBH.